0: Let's turn this morning, in your Bibles, let's turn to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14, Isaiah chapter 14. We want to remind you, those of you that understand Hebrew, that our Hebrew speaking meeting will be this evening at Beit Yedidia. It is not translated into any other language, it's only in Hebrew. Let's, in Isaiah chapter 14, let's read from 12 to 15. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nation. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Shoal, to the lowest depths of the pit. In this chapter, we read about how the king of Babel has fallen, but many different commentaries also bring into light uh, Satan. And I have a tendency to believe in this. So we have many other places that we can look at, but we don't have time this morning in order to... Satan is called the son of the morning. Satan is called the son of the morning. And one of the sins that he has is that he wanted to be like God. Different commentaries different commentaries also tell us that he was a high angel. There are some that say even that he was responsible for everything that was according to the worship and the praise in the heaven. But he was not happy or satisfied with his place, the place that God had given him. He wanted to be like God. His pride Brought him to this area, and the result of this was that God sent him down, threw him down to the ground. And since then, he starts to try to control us. This is one of his ways that he tries to hurt God is through us. In the fact that he would try to strike against us, he strikes against God. This morning, Pastor Danny felt it proper to speak about pride and humility we see here this morning that in these verses that pride its source is from satan so we see that after adam and eve went against the commandments of god each one of us have been born into sin and sin is deep within us so I, pastor danny says he can say to us 100 percent that none of us including himself was born with humility we were born with pride so when I think about pride, I think about many different things. So one of the things, so one of the things that the scripture verses uh, that the the word tells us in the dictionaries, it's described that sin um, pride is a sin or an arrogance of someone who thinks himself better, and it really is the fact that our personal part of us is separated from reality. He, this person thinks he's something uh, when everybody else around him thinks that he's nobody. He thinks that he's somebody when in reality he's probably really nothing. This is pride. This is one commentary about what pride is. And in the word pride or ga'ava in Hebrew, we have some different words as well. And so we also see that in pride, we get the word pridefulness or conceited or arrogance. This is when the reality of of who we are is not based on what we've done or what we are capable of doing, but it is based upon our equation between us and another person to be equal with somebody else. It doesn't mean that somebody has done something and they have been able to succeed at it, but someone who compares himself with other people. I'll give you another example. In the time of Nazi Germany, there was a thing that came forth that was the racial of prejudice of the race, where the race comes from. So during the time of Nazi Germany, people were taught and children were taught that their race was the highest race. And every other race, every other type of people, culture of people is less. And there are people under that race, they thought, that are there to serve them. And the weakest people that were under them were the ones that ne- they needed to annihilate and get rid of. And in this case, it was the case of the Jews and the gypsies. We need to understand um, that there came about a thinking, and we must realize that Nazi Germany was not a barbaric people. You, you can understand and read and learn about the culture and the arts that they had during that time. Culture and music, very uh, famous people that were born and did things during that time. But their pride and their uh, conceitedness at that time caused them to do other things that were not welcome. And then there's another example. Then there's another example of replacement theology that is taught throughout the world. This is arrogance. When one person puts himself above everybody else, there is a theology that comes forth that God is finished with the people of Israel, and the plan for the nation of Israel has been replaced for the people of Israel into the plan for the church or for the Gentiles. And the fact that God had a plan for the Jews, now the thought goes that now we, as the church, will take all of the promises, all of the thoughts that were for Israel, we will take them upon ourselves. This is replacement theology. And until day, today, there are people, churches, and cultures that still talk, teach this. And we see in Romans... Let's, let's turn to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. This is one of the chapters that many people skip over. Look what he says here. Verse 16. Romans eleven sixteen. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. The Apostle Paul warns the believers in a very specific way. Listen, pay attention. Do not boast against the original branches. Don't think of yourself as something now. If God does not have mercy on the original branches, do you think he will have mercy on you? Remember the who supports who. It's amazing to see that when you look at all the crime and everything that's happening in this world, when you look deeper at it, you'll see that the root of it is pride and arrogance. Pastor Danny thinks in the year 1912, you remember the story of the Titanic. You've probably also seen the movie. Those that built the Titanic, what Pastor Danny remembers is that even it was written in the newspaper that nothing, nothing could sink this ship. Nothing. Nothing was available that we could sink this ship. even. God. So Pastor Danny's not saying that this is the reason that the Titanic is at the bottom of the ocean, but it's impossible not to see the connection between these two things. This is called boastfulness. A man who thinks and puts forth his own ways, and he praises himself. And so we know also of someone who's a show-off the person who is a show-off. He is, thinks and believes that what he has done is the best. He has done it all the proper way. So when we think of pride, we think of being conceited. We think of arrogance. We think of boastfulness. What does God think about pride? Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16. We'll read the first part of verse 5. Every proud heart is an abomination to the Lord. To the Lord is an abomination for everyone that has their heart full of pride. We won't turn there, but it also is written in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 17, the seven things that the Lord hates. The seven things that the Lord hates. And in this list of the seven things that the Lord hates, is a proud look, proud look. If you have a proud look, it is a person who thinks himself above other people. Each one of us has the possibility, the potential to fall into this sin. No one is free from this. Each one of us has within us that characteristic when we were born to have that pridefulness in us. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Here God warns the people of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Verse 12, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, verse 14, then your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Here God is warning the children of Israel not to forget what he has done for them. He reminds them that there will be a time that you will have plenty. You will have abundance. You will have a good life. As as far as the physical is concerned, materialistic. But in this point, at this moment, there is the possibility, the danger, that when you have all these things, you will be filled up with pride and you will forget me, the Lord your God. I want to talk to all of you that think of yourselves as not rich. Those of you that are living in a rented apartment, those of you that have trouble finishing the month, you need to see this as a blessing. Amen. Do you know why? Do you know why God does not allow you to win in the lottery? Do you know why he doesn't give you an abundance of something? Because he's guarding over you. He knows you. He knows me, Pastor Danny says, and in the moment that we think that we have everything the world is capable of giving us, something happens deep within the heart. Look what happens. Verse 17, then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. You come from the point where you have nothing all of a sudden you have abundance and then it starts in the heart and then you say to yourself okay God yeah okay he's done okay yeah good but I worked hard for all of this it's not according to him and his goodness I'm the one that worked so hard in many hours I came with the idea and it starts with these things then you uh, you don't even pay attention to these things and then all of a sudden god is not in the picture of your life if he is in the picture he's down on the down on the list of priorities fourth or fifth or further down don't forget from where you've come he says to you remember where you were in the land of egypt you ate garlic and onions and maybe Maybe each night now you're at the meat restaurant having a steak. Papagayo is the name of an Israeli restaurant that has a lot of meat in it. And if if you haven't gone there, Danny says, don't go there. And he says to them, you have forgotten me. You've started to think that all of your wealth came from you. We must remember from where we've come. We came from slavery. We came from a dark world. And only through the grace of God we have what we have now. Let's turn back to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16. Pastor Danny recommends that you learn this verse by memory. Put it on your refrigerator. Proverbs 16, verse 18, study it before you go to bed and sleep at night. Verse 18, pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Each time that there has been a fall of man, each time that there has been a destruction, you will always find pride. Frank Frank is not here, but he's going to give an example about Frank. Here comes Frank. Uh, Frank wanted Danny, Pastor Danny, to take him and teach him to fish. And Frank had the worst equipment that you could possibly have. So Pastor Danny and Frank went to the Sea of Galilee, and they went with Sergei Boboskin. And Danny has the top of the top line of the uh, fishing equipment. So Pastor Danny comes and, like, he's going to teach Frank how to fish. And uh, even Pastor Danny remembers that he told him, if you can't catch a fish in the Sea of Galilee, then you might as well put your fishing equipment next to the trash can because that's the easiest place to fish. So they go out to fish. So Danny is trying and trying, and he doesn't catch anything. And all of a sudden, he hears Frank out there on the other end of the water. Hey, I got a fish. I got a fish. And Danny goes this way, and he goes that way. He's changing all of the wires and everything that is possible. And then Frank calls again. Hey, I got another fish. I got another fish. And Pastor Danny said he knew at that moment. And that his frustration and disappointment and failure at fishing was the fact that he came with a high thought that he knew better than Frank. And so since then, Pastor Danny doesn't say anything about fishing. Every failure, every destruction, it always comes with the pride that comes with it. So I want to speak to you now about the opposite of pride. What's the opposite of pride? Humility. What's humility? A person who is humble. He has a humble spirit. He's not proud. A person who does not put himself in the middle of everything, in the central of everything. It also means a person who is surrendered. Sometimes it also means that he suffers. And sometimes it causes him to have troubles. So, Pastor Danny's going to explain to us and tell us some things that the main CEO of Nokia, the telephone company, uh, told when he was in Finland. He's not going to say his name because it's a difficult name. But this was uh, something that was just written the other day in the newspaper, and I hope that I can translate. It says Humility is a character that is vital in leadership, just like it's vital in our surrounding community. Nokia, if it's going to uh, continue to gain, it's going to have to be looking at the outward areas. (laughs) It's going to have to be a company who is able to take the humility and listen to the the customers of the company and to search for ideas from outside the company. It has to be a company that is humble. So what Pastor Danny liked, this, what liked about this was the fact that he described the humility was the possibility of listening to somebody outside and to gain from them. So who, are, who in this case is this company going to listen to? The people that buy from them, buy their cell phones from them. And the success of this company, I believe, is based upon these things that the CEO has said. And he continues to say the following things. To be humble does not mean that you have to be quiet or that you have no courage. And actually, it actually means someone who is going to share and really say what is on their heart. Courage and humility go one with another, hand in hand, and do not hinder another. Sometimes people think that a person who is humble is a quiet person, maybe that sits in the corner and they don't say anything it's actually the opposite of this it's not the person who sits quietly in the corner who was it told in the torah that he was the humblest man on the earth who spoke like this moses was moses the one who was the leader who kind of sat in the corner and didn't do anything don't don't think for yourself don't think for yourself for a moment that moses was the type of leader who was quiet and sat in the corner and didn't make a very good leader and he wasn't strong or courageous you know once they even wanted to throw stones at a person who was humble and there was moments that Moses had to make the strongest decisions so we're going to come back to the story of Moses but first we want to read in Isaiah 57 Isaiah 57 why is it necessary that this hum, this humility character is found in the life of a believer. Isaiah 57:15 Isaiah 57:15 for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity whose name is holy I dwell in the high and the holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. What God says here in these verses through the prophet Isaiah, even though God says, I am high and lifted up, and even though I am holy, I will dwell. I will dwell with the person who has a humble spirit. I will dwell with the person who has humility. God hates the pride. He is looking for those who are humble before him. And he will dwell with them, only in them. Do you want more of God in your life? You need to grow in humility. In James 4.10, we won't turn there. It says, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you and lift you up. Let's return back to the story of Moses. And we're going to turn to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers... Numbers 12, verses 1 to 3. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Aaron and Miriam, Moses' siblings, they are complaining against him. Two things. They complained first about who he married. The second thing was the fact that they said, What? He only hears from God? We don't. These are big things to bring against a leader. Pastor Danny says it's like somebody, he's going to give an example, as if somebody comes. Somebody comes to him and says, even though he is not like Moses, he says, What you married Luann, and what she's from the States, and what only you can teach. At the same moment, Moses could have spoken forth everything that he knew to say. Who are you? He would say to them, I'm Moses. I was in Egypt. God revealed himself to me in the burning bush. The one that did all of these plagues. Who stood before Pharaoh? Who's the one that opened the Red Sea? You? Me. So he could say, go back to your camp, go back to your tent. But he didn't say anything. He didn't say a word. Is that a weakness? When you don't say something, when somebody comes against you, in accusation? Here in the land of Israel we would call Moses as somebody who steps all over him and walks all over him. This is the way you let them talk about you. Uh, if I was you I would do something serious with these people. But he Moses was quiet. He allowed God to fight on his behalf. A person who's humble he is complete dependent upon God, completely for everything. He allows God to fight on his behalf. And in that same moment, in the same moment that this happened, God showed up. You can read the rest of the story at home from verse 4 and onwards. God said, okay, Miriam, Aaron, let's go to the tent. We have a meeting. And I think the worst outcome of this was that Miriam had leprosy, got leprosy. She received leprosy. Pastor Danny thought about this and said, why didn't Aaron also have leprosy? So Pastor Danny has an idea. (laughs) Pastor Danny says, this is his idea. He doesn't say it's from the word of God. It's just something between the lines. It's a possibility. He sees as Miriam and Aaron were in the tent. And he says, she says to Aaron, hey, did you see the lady that our brother married? An Ethiopian? Is this racial prejudice? And did you know that racial prejudice has its roots in pride? You married an Ethiopian? What kind, of, what kind of children will they have? <laughs> you have ruined for us our, our line. And he constantly comes to us and he says, God said, God said, God said what? Only he, only he hears from God. And these type of uh, conversations were going on probably in the tent, deep within the tent, until it came to the point that what was in the heart came forth through the mouth and it came out. Pastor Danny has the idea that Miriam was the instigator of all of this. So when we look at Aaron, we kind of see the character that, when he's under pressure he will do what others want him to do so they say a- Aaron come let's make a golden calf okay let's go let's do it yeah that sounds like a good idea he has a he has a weak character he's not strong in his character but it looks like Miriam was a strong character always ruling very bossy and she gets leprosy if you and i were in the same situation we would have said, ha, 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 she deserves it. (laughs) This is the way that you learn not to speak mean about me anymore. We would have this kind of joy or joyful spirit that the person who tried to do something against us finally got what they deserved. Let's pray for him. But inside you might have this little happiness going on. Ha, ha, they got what they deserved. But with Moses, it was not like this. When you're humble, you, you're not like this. It says that he continued to pray for her until she would be healed. There will be people who will say things against us. And at the same time, you need to choose which path you will go and which way you will respond. That you will let God deal with them or that I would try to deal with them on my own a person who is humble will allow God to deal with them it is not a weakness this is a power the easiest part is to just respond quickly back and even when you know even more so that you do have the power to respond back but you must choose not to do anything humility is power Yeshua was the only one on earth that was the most humble in the past and ever will be. He was the humble. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 11. You know that we have prophecies uh, in the Bible that talk that God will bring up a person exactly like Moses. And we can see the same characters of Yeshua and Moses But there's a lot of things that have been said, but this is one of the things that I've seen. Let's read first the verses from Matthew 11, from verses 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You cannot say about yourself, I'm a humble person. You already are being proud in this. (laughs) Who wrote the Torah? Moses. He wrote that he is more humble than all men. And here we see that Yeshua also writes about himself, that he is humble. A very interesting connection. We cannot say this. You can't go to somebody and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm really humble. I am the most humble from everyone in this congregation. Maybe there was somebody that tried to do this and say this. (laughs) So Katya says, Limor, Danny's daughter. (laughs) And so there is a verse in Proverbs that says, someone who is not known to you will raise you up. You will get praise from somebody else. To be in a place of humility is to be in the safest place possible. Because to be humble, low in spirit is down. It's on the ground. Do you know what's do you know what's good about this? You can have no place to fall to because you're already down. You're already down. Pride is when you're up, up high. And when you are full of pride, you get higher up and higher up. And the more that you're up high, the higher you are, the the further you fall. So it's better to be at the bottom. You have no place to fall to. Allow God to raise you up. And when God raises you up, you are in his hands. Amen. And then you will not fall. He will raise you up. What a wonderful father, God, we have. God says, Yeshua says, come to me, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, because I am a person who is lowly in heart. A person who is lowly in heart, a person who is humble, is a person who is completely submitted to the will and the plans of God. He is sold out on what the plans of God for him are. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2. We're going to read verses 5 to 8. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Messiah Yeshua. Amen. So the Word of God tells us that we should have the same mind that was in Messiah Yeshua. That should be in us. What mind was this? Verse 6 who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Yeshua, who was in the form of God, he was humble more so than anybody else. But he was completely sold out to the will of God. And that will of God was that he would be crucified and that he would become the the atonement for our sin. And he became obedient to the point of death on the cross. Humility is the surrendering to the will of God. How do you know that you're humble? You are willing to obey what God has asked you to do. You are obeying the commandments of God. And you are doing what he asks you to do. What he asks you to do and what he says to you is more important than what others say. Even in the point that it is costly in pain. Person who is submitted to the Lord. And even so, remember that Yeshua, when he was on the cross, could call forth a legion of angels to save him. Yeshua was able to take that reputation or that form and say, he's the king of kings or the king of Israel because of what people were willing to call him then. But he was not willing to be called that. He didn't ask for that. He was humble. He wanted to stay in the proper place to take a basin of water and to go wash the disciples' feet. A person who's humble is a person who does not put himself in the center of everything. He's a person who serves. He's a person who shows the love of God. So we read in Philippians 2 here, verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through self-ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. A person who, in humility, will look at his brother or his sister as greater than himself. You know, always when you see a group of people, you can always see those that stand out more. There are some that you see that, uh, because of the way they act or the way they are, that they pull themselves to the front of the group. But a person who is humble will allow his brother or his sister to be thought of more than him. He will always take the last place. Like Yeshua says, when they invite you to a a, ba- a banquet, don't run for the front place. Let the person who has invited you, let him place you at the right place. Maybe there's a cake in the room. Don't run forward to take that first piece, that best piece. Let somebody else to take that. If it's there's leftover, then you take that. Always to see your brother or your sister more important than you, that God would help us in this. Because this selfish ambition inside of us is so strong. Think for a moment and think how many times throughout the day you say, I. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> it's a song that Pastor Daddy is saying, it's all about you, Yeshua. Sometimes we think of ourselves, it's all about me, me, me. No. A person who is humble will always see others more important than himself. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Verses 1 and 2. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespasses, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, humility, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another burdens, and so fulfill the law of Messiah. If our brother or our sister has been in sin or has failed, we are called to restore him in a spirit. Of gentleness or humility. If I come in a different spirit, we are not we are not taken back that we could also be caught in this same trap. In the love of the Lord. Matthew chapter five. Let's turn to Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five. This is the sermon on the mount. We read verse 5, Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek or the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. The humble will inherit the earth. And I would say also to you in spiritually and in physically, the humble, we will inherit the earth when and only then when humility comes out and comes to the people through us, through us as a congregation. If I have pride, God will not bless me. He hates the proudful. If we are humble, we will inherit the earth. I want to finish with Psalms 131. Psalms 131. And I pray that as we read this psalm, that God will be able to uh, search into our hearts, each one of us. We'll read the whole chapter. This is a song of ascents of David. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord. From this time forth and forever.
1: King David says here that his heart was not, didn't raise up. He says, in the other words, he says, I do not want to do what I wasn't called to. I don't want to do something that is not mine. But I want to be in a place like a child, like a baby, that is feeding from his mom. And when he finishes, he's in comfort, in peace, and he knows that his mom will always give him what he needs. And my prayer for all of you. That we would give uh, our humble heart to be appeared to appear in, in our everyday life. I'm very sorry to say that the racism is everywhere in the church around the world. Sometimes you can see the revolt, the the bitterness in uh, in churches against against leaders the conversations that are against leadership in the Church. There are people that are trying and doing something that they are not called to. I pray and I believe, I believe that I pray for you that we would walk in the in the uh, calling that we are called to and what we need to do. And when we look at other people, Jewish, uh, Gentiles, the new, new immigrants, the people that came and brought the other culture, they eat something different, they speak different language, they think different way. Do not think that you are better than them. Because this kind of spirit comes from pride. You have to receive other people as God receives you. And I feel that even here we have people that look to other groups of people with their eyes uh, from high above, and sometimes they are not even aware of what is going on with them. Sometimes, when you when you start saying it's uh, them, uh, they are not like us, but we are better. is the source of all those things they are from pride and you know that the pride comes from satan the enemy of our souls so i would like to take few moments right now before god so that each one of us would uh, check with would test their hearts, and if you need to correct something in your hearts and repent on something i would I will not call people to come up front, but I just want you to bring your hearts before God and if you saw something that has a little pride in 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 your heart, let us repent in it because God is here to forgive us to change us to make us more like him let us pray
0: our heavenly father
1: we thank you and we praise your name you are high and lifted up you are holy and you are the one who is high above us But you also want to dwell among us, among people who are humble. So I want you to check, to see our hearts. And I want our hearts to be humble before you. I want to ask you, God, take all the the pride from us, everything that comes high up. Clean us from this sin. Clean this congregation from this sin. We, we cry out to you this morning. Help us.
0: Let us stand up together.